Hello and welcome to another episode of FGC Philosophy. If you're watching this live on Twitch, then welcome. Uh, this is the first time I've done this, I think, officially for FGC Philosophy. Otherwise, thank you for listening. If this is uh, you guys listening on the audio version, I am live streaming this over on twitch.tv slash philosopher. And you can also watch a lot of the versions of this podcast on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com slash philosopher. That said, what is this podcast even about? It's about growing up, leveling up inside the inside and outside the virtual arena. Uh, so basically, I talk about topics and have guests on the show that I think are useful uh, for not just playing competitively, but also in real life as well. I am a performance coach for competitive gamers, but also the esports coordinator for uh, Western Michigan University. So I do a lot of stuff in the world of esports. I've learned a lot. I've been trained in personal development. I've studied it for years, uh, coaching, life coaching, that kind of stuff. So I want to share that knowledge with you guys. Decided to do this live just in case people find this interesting. That said, I want to get into my topic today, which, if you guys didn't read, didn't read this, it's uh, basically having something to lose and having that foster better performance. Uh, being able to perform better by putting something uh, on the line. And I think that's something that a lot of people are kind of aware of, but don't necessarily dig a little bit deeper into it. Like some people know that if you put some money on the line, like a money match, people like doing that because there's something on the line. But but why, why is that? Why does that matter? Why do some people kind of veer away from that? Uh, what what is there to learn from those kinds of situations? That's what I want to talk about today. So uh, the main reason why that matters is actually the uh, couple of different reasons. The increase the chance of better performance. Um, that's the most obvious one. Like I said before, money matches or tournaments, a lot of people perform better because there's money on the line or, or there's like honor or or um, a lot of times the money matches is not just money. It's actually like kind of a an ego thing. Like you want to defend your honor sort of situation. You can be more aware of your surroundings. A lot of times we'd call this either like increased focus or increased awareness or consciousness. Why does focus matter? That's um, an obvious one, I think. But I think that it's important to really look at what focus even is. The definition is the ability to concentrate on a specific task uh, or the ability to block out non-essential thoughts and emotions. That's more of my definition is not so much just focusing on one specific thing, you know, whether that be fighting games or, or whatever game that you're playing, whatever task that you're doing. But uh, more importantly to me is the ability to ignore anything that isn't that main topic and as someone who struggled with ADD for most of my life that's something that is it's a it's a commodity to me uh my attention span my focus my ability to, to pay attention to only one thing and ignore everything else is uh is a struggle for me when I'm not actively consciously doing it for a lot of people they can concentrate very easily um and not have their concentration broken but as someone who has had to consciously block out things, whether it be like motions, like a lot of hand gestures and, and any moving sounds or any sounds or moving lights or anything like that gets gets my attention really easily. You might not think about this if you're another person with ADD, but that's a thought process that sends you on another tangent. And that's that is taking away energy from whatever it is that you're doing, which means that you're lowering your potential performance in that specific task, whatever that may be. So that's why, to me, focus is really important. But another word that I really want to focus on, it has a couple different uh, words, but the one that I use a lot of times is consciousness, uh, or you might often hear it as awareness, which kind of gets confused with focus, but uh, to me, deserves to be separate altogether. So I want to break down some of the definitions that I think are somewhat relevant 
um, that I got from Merriam-Webster. That's a pretty reputable source for for words, um, even though nowadays there's weird words in there. But that's that's a that's a completely different tangent that I'm not going to get into right now. But yeah, there's there's words in there that I don't like. But that said, number one, um, and this is kind of a three part definition. One uh, A is the quality or state of being aware, especially of something within oneself. I think that is actually a really useful definition just because of self-reflection. A lot of times we just go through the motions. A lot of times we're just playing the games and then we react afterwards. Like we lost, now we're mad. And we, we, you know, we tend to blame external sources for that anger, for that betrayal of our victory. Or even if we win, we're just like, yeah, we beat that person. I'm better. You suck. You lose. But there's not a lot of, there's not always a good amount of internal reflection as to what you did to win or lose, what actually happened in a very, objective sort of uh mindset a lot of times our our reactions to um what we're doing especially if it's competitive is very subjective based on usually the ego you know if you're more of a confident person um who thinks that you're you're entitled to victory you're going to get more mad you're going to be more defensive you're going to defend your honor if you're someone who's very hard on themselves or has a low self-esteem a lot of times you're going to beat yourself up and say things like oh man i lost you know that's I shouldn't. Why did I even bother to enter this competition? I knew I wasn't going to win. Stuff along those lines, rather than actually taking that as a learning opportunity, we're more subjective on on ourselves or others, rather than or situations. So subjective of situations as well as people and ourselves, rather than being objective. So one A already, um, very good definition to me. That's worth looking into. Another one, one B is a state of fact, a state or fact of being conscious of an external object, state, or fact. I don't like when people use the actual word and their own definition, so I'm going to kind of just go along, go away with that one. Um, C is just awareness. So awareness and consciousness already by definition are kind of synonymous with each other. Uh, and then bullet point is a especially concern, especially concern for some social or political cause. So that's I think that's more along the terms of the word woke that we use nowadays. That's kind of what that definition is veering more towards, which isn't a, a bad definition, but not as relevant in some ways. Um, it's still very relevant, but when it comes to the objectivity of like an actual situation of getting better, um, that's more so social and political. So that's that's not as important. Two, the state of being characterized by sensation, emotion, volition, and thought uh, mind. I'm just going to rattle down the rest of these. I think the most important ones were the ones already listed off. Uh, three is a totality of conscious states of an individual. Four is a normal state of conscious life. And then five is the upper level of mental life of which the person is aware as constrated with unconscious processes. I'm not even sure what that one means. I have to like break that down a couple more times. There's actually a lot more definitions that I kind of like those weren't as relevant. So I kind of stopped it there just because um, there was a lot more definitions than I thought there would be for that word. But my definition for for this word is your ability to remain in the present or in the moment. Uh, not so much focus, but just um, being in a state of awareness of what's going on around you. And, and to that point, it's also the ability to gather and utilize information productively. So not just paying attention to one thing. So you can be playing Street Fighter and all you're thinking about is Street Fighter, but there's a difference between just playing Street Fighter and, and having no other thoughts and then playing Street Fighter, being aware of when it's okay to press a button, when it's not okay to press a button, what tendencies your opponent has, what tendencies you tend to have, what your character can and can't do in certain situations, and actually planning around that. So you're playing the same exact game. Your focus 
is on the same topic, but your level of awareness or your level of consciousness is completely different based on how much of, of that that you have. Uh, so that is the, the definitions that I think are, are mainly relevant in, in the things that will benefit from what I'm talking about here, which is, again, putting something on the line, having something on the line, raising the stakes, so to speak. Uh, I think that, like, how do we get better if we if we get something to lose? And basically, the more information that you have, the more you can do with that and the ability to make better choices, driving personal experience. Um, so I want to backtrack a little bit and actually talk about how this topic kind of came to be. Um, again, this is a very obvious topic to me. But it's not something that I, I hear talked about as much, except for with money matches. And we don't actually explore other ways. But uh, I was actually talking with my fiance. We were on our way home from the hospital. Our, our, our first, uh, yeah, it was our, our first day out of the hospital. Um, we were there for like a whole week. Um, and so we're taking our newborn home. And I'm driving, obviously, because, you know, I, I, I didn't have to have anything come out of my body. So, you know, I think that's pretty fair. And so I, I'm driving home and we're talking about, you know, my, my mindset because uh, I don't I'm not a really crazy driver, especially when I already have a guest. But when I had our son in the car, I was definitely a lot more conscious of what was around me. And I was also more focused on my task. A lot of people. You're familiar with this if you follow me at all, but the okay plateau, you know, you get just good enough to do something. And then after you get to that point, you can actually zone out and think about other things because you're just good enough to do what you need to do. You're not trying to level up anymore. You're just trying to get from point A to point B when it comes to driving. Um, you know, it, obviously, if you practice something over and over again, you should be really good. So why isn't everybody a race car driver? Uh, it's because we hit a get words. What are those? We hit a plateau. And so with driving. And me driving with my son, um, our son, I'm sitting there like aware of how focused and and how aware I was of like, you know, is this car going to come out? Is this is this like this person going to cut me off? Like, you know, I wasn't paranoid about it, but I was just more aware of the possibility that it can happen and preparing myself to take evasive maneuvers or whatever I had to do. So it wasn't like a worry in my head. It was more of these are things that could possibly happen and I need to make sure that, you know, my posture is good so that I can maneuver the car in a certain situation or, you know, I need to make sure I, I look, I'm regularly checking my rearview mirrors just in case that off chance that someone does something stupid, I can actually, you know, prepare myself and protect my family. It wasn't until I had my son that I had this heightened state of awareness and, and focus uh, because there was something on the line. Um, my, my son, my, my paternal instinct to protect my son and protect my family was, was stronger than normal because now I have a son. This is a whole new experience to me. So I'm, I'm definitely really tuned in to this thought process. But it really got me thinking. And, and my fiance and I had a conversation about it because we got to talk about these things. And we started talking about fighting games and uh, why I tend to perform better at tournaments than just on rank mode. And, and that was kind of a thought I thought about. I don't think I actually talked about that with you. But it, it really just got me thinking that... A lot of people that that play competitive games, you know, a lot of people just have that drive. But what if we found a way to to hone in on that that uh, sense of urgency, that that sense of having something on the line, having something to lose? You know, people put money on the line, and people are, are really uh, not everyone has a lot of money. The, the first story that com comes to mind is um, Hollywood Sleep. He was the Evo 2016 or 2015 winner for Killer Instinct. And his story was really fascinating to me because he had something on the line to lose. He 
had his mother and himself who were going to get evicted from their house. And the only reason they didn't get evicted was because he took the winnings from his tournament and put that towards the rent. And that motivation that he had to protect his family kept him in the game, kept him winning. And I think that perhaps there's more to explore. You know, obviously that's a very extreme case and, and there's always these really good examples. Uh, if you follow boxing, perhaps you know of the story of Buster Douglas, who was one of the first people to ever knock out or knock down uh, Mike Tyson. Uh, if you don't know that story, uh, you know, he, he was an okay boxer, but like the highlight of his career was the fact that he actually knocked out uh, Mike Tyson. And when he won, what he said in the interview was that uh, before, like his mother before the fight was telling everybody that he was going to win this fight against Mike Tyson. He was going to win. Like she was telling everybody she was sharing the story. And, um, I don't remember the timeline per se, but very shortly before the fight, her mother wound up dying. And, um, he said in that interview that, you know, he, he won that for her. And, you know, even after that though, he, he never really hit anything after that, which is a very fascinating story to me in itself because, you know, he had this one fight, that was the thing that he wanted to do. That was what his mom said he was going to do. And after she passed away, that was what he really locked onto. And he he tapped into that and he did it. You know, afterwards, what did he have in the line? You know, his mother didn't say that she was, he was going to be the champion or he was going to, you know, A, B, and C. It was this very specific thing and he did it. And then after that, you know, I, I would love to go into more interviews with him or, or like look in, into the reels. But he, I know for sure his career wasn't, super great after that so it was very fascinating to me that that was a you know kind of a similar thing with how it was sleep how he had something on the line you know it was kind of a, a honor of his family and making sure to keep that that dream that his mother had for him alive and actually achieving that um and i'm sure he's very proud of himself mike tyson is was one of the, was the best boxer in his weight class for his time you know you can argue about evander holyfield and stuff like that but um in his prime he was definitely um, that. That's an accolade in itself to be able to beat Mike Tyson in his prime. So, um, not trying to downplay his career after that fact, but just something I wanted to point out because I think it's very fascinating. But um, that said, we know the benefits now, and and I think as I'm talking about this, it's important for you guys to kind of think about your own things that you can possibly put on the line and kind of experiment. Because I'm not telling you what you can and can't put on the line. That's that's for you to determine. Uh, and and your goals are all different. Your passions are all different. But I think that taking those passions and finding something that you can put on the line towards that will help you to do that. Um, for me, you know, I've hit a lot of my milestones because of having something to lose. And it kind of goes into my next topic that I'll get to in just a second. But um, for me, you know, I, I want to work in, in video games. I want to work in personal development. I want to work in the world of competitive gaming or, or esports, whatever you want to call it. And that's very illogical uh, it's very uh, unorthodox and a lot of people don't understand it um including my parents um but now that i i have a respectable career in esports i've been doing podcasting for years people in my community know who i am and i've, I've helped to grow a community and support other communities uh, I've, I've gathered some respect from people i'm not saying this to brag or anything like that it's just that I had things on the line. You know, one of the biggest motivators for me when I was on my own was I don't want a nine to five that I hate. I don't want a job that I am going to hate for most of my life. I, I took a lot of jobs 
um, and was around a lot of people who hated their jobs and just did it because they felt obligated to do so and just hated their life. They, they worked their nine to five, went home. You know, I say nine to five. It could be midnight shift or whatever it is. But they worked their job, went home and, and you know, maybe did their responsibilities. But outside of that, didn't really cultivate their own life. And that's not for me to judge. That's just me pointing on observa- observation of what they're doing with their free time. And I understand that it's hard or it might feel impossible, but we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And a lot of people are using them more wisely than other people. You know, I know there's tons of entrepreneurs out there, tons of con- tons of content creators out there who have kids, who have a full-time job, but still find some way to make content or work on their business and, and, and grow their income or whatever it is that they want to do. Travel, you know, spend time with their family, do fun things, whatever it is, they do it. And they don't make excuses. They, they just don't waste their free time whenever they have it. And uh, I think it's because they also have something on the line. And as I've grown and matured and hit more milestones, I've found more things to put on the line or to ha- that are on the line for me. And, and for me, the first thing was my sanity. I, I just didn't want a job. I, I literally would rather die than have a job that I hate because that, that's like living. It's like being a zombie. You're not living life. You're just existing. And for me personally, you know, everyone has their own preferences. So I'm not judging anyone else's life choices. I'm just telling you from my point of view that as someone who struggled with suicidal tendencies and depression for a large large majority of my life, I I know that I'm a lot happier when I'm doing what I'm passionate about. And so for my own safety, my own well-being, I had to do what I liked and wanted to do. But as you know, I started living with my fiance and, and changing my priorities you know part of it was also her sanity or her well-being or maybe her respect or something like that of just wanting to make sure that i i continue doing what i do because if i get depressed then that doesn't just affect me and now i'm being selfish and i'm affecting somebody else and then you compound that with having a baby and so my motivations for doing what i'm passionate about keep growing because i also want to support them and make sure that i'm the best that i can be for them because i'm definitely at my best when i'm taking care of myself mentally creatively, spiritually, physically, all those things, because then I can be there for them better. I can be more aware. I can be more focused. If that, that makes sense with you guys. Uh, so yeah, having something on the line, that's, that's what I put on the line. Um, but to kind of go into the next topic, which is the downsides of, of having something on the line to, to, to be aware of, I'm not saying this to scare you, but is this things that you have to be conscious of <laughs> or aware of just because um, they can happen. Different people have different tendencies when it comes to the mentality, their emotions, their emotional stability. So uh, yeah, the first thing is uh, excessive fear or anxiety. Being more aware for some people means being more worried. You know, when you're more aware uh, or you're more conscious of, of a certain situation, whether it be fighting games, think about a situation in a fighting game where you're both at a low life situation. You know, you have like a pixel of life left and you have that split second hesitation because you're scared that you might get hit with like a three frame button uh, and then you you hesitate and they just grab you and then you lose. You knew that if you had pressed that button in that situation, you probably would have beat their grab if you had just pressed it, but you hesitated because you were too worried about all the things that happened. Like, well, if you press the button and he blocked it or you have a character that's parrying or you're playing against a Zangief and he just grabs the shit out of you, like, what do you do? You know, that that's that's one of the downsides is that you you can hesitate. You can be worried about all these like these situations. You know, if you're in a relationship, you can worry about 
you know, are you good enough? Are you handsome enough or, or pretty enough? Are you successful enough? Do you have enough money? And rather than actually working on those things and taking care of yourself, you just spend a lot of your time worrying about it. And those worries start to affect your performance because, you know, if you're worried about how pretty you are, you might get defensive and say things that kind of insinuate that you don't feel pretty, but you're taking it out on that person that you want to make you feel pretty or, or handsome or whatever to make it a relationship goal. If you're more at your job and you're, you're, you're self-conscious or worried about, you know, you're aware of the possibility that you might get fired because your performance isn't good enough or maybe there's layoffs rather than doing the best that you can do at that job and just doing what you can, you more so just have behaviors that don't really help you in the situation. It's almost like self-sabotage is like the general blanket term that I can throw out there is you start to self-sabotage, you know, hesitation, fear and anxiety. These aren't things that really serve us, but because you're aware of different possibilities, you're more worried about them rather than being proactive. So rather than being proactive to a situation and preparing for it and, and just being aware that it's a thing that can happen, you're more reactive to the possibility of it happening um, and then leading to a behavior that really doesn't help you get to the desired outcome that you want. Uh, so those are the two biggest things that I've observed when it comes to the downsides of putting something on the line or having something on the line. You're more afraid to lose that. You know, a job is very precious because it makes you money for not just for you, but maybe for your family or for a goal that you want to hit financially. You know, maybe you're saving up for something and, you know, or want to move. But if you lose your job, then what do you do? You know, you, you start panicking. If I lose my job, I don't know what I'm going to do when you just downward spiral, you know, losing your family or losing a game. Maybe you want to win this tournament really, really bad and you put a bunch of money to get here. You traveled and now you're worried about losing and that thought just downward spirals and you tilt. You don't just tilt in video games. You can tilt in real life as well. So that's the main thing that I really want to address there. Not again, again, not to scare you guys, but just to be aware that these are things that you can do and you want to actively start practicing to not do those things. So how best um, can you utilize having something on the line? Like how, how can you use this? The best thing that I can think of is being introspective, which means reflecting on your past. Uh, reflection is really important to me. I, I think that reflecting on not just your day, but just your performance and all those kind of things. So performance, reflecting on your, your reactions, your mistakes. Uh, and something that I like to think of is, you know, mistake. There's no such thing as mistakes. There's only learning opportunities. And that sounds kind of cheesy, but if you really think about it in that light, then you don't have this emotional reaction to a mistake. You know, when you press the wrong button in a situation, rather than getting tilted and mad and calling it a mistake, you, you think about, okay, well, what button can I press in that situation? You know, is there a button that I should press in that situation? Should I just not press a button? Uh, so if you think about mistakes in that way and kind of tweak it, um, it just creates a more productive environment for your mind. Um, you know, you're planting seeds in your mind. Do you want to plant, you know, weeds or do you want to plant flowers and other trees are going to produce more, more oxygen, so to speak? You know, I'm talking metaphorically here, but um, I think nonetheless, the thoughts that you feed are the ones that grow. Reflecting on your thoughts and in anything else that you can think of throughout your day, taking that time after that moment is over to think about it objectively, not subjectively, but just objectively, meaning that you don't have any bias towards what you thought. You don't have any judgment towards it. You're just thinking about it as almost an outside observation without really trying to put any emotional uh, effort towards it just to learn from it and to grow from it. And I think that's one of the best things when it comes to like having something on the line or just doing things in general, honestly, but just when you have something on the line and, you know, especially in a competitive environment, 
uh, and you can repeat that process of putting something, putting money on the line. You know, do you perform better? Do you perform worse? You know, what, what, uh, how do you do in that situation? And then one of the questions that I have, I don't have the answer to this one, but I think it's really important to just think about is like, can I, or how can I simulate having something on the line? Like, what is it for me? Uh, I told you what my, some of my things are, my motivations and, and how do you make those more long-term? Like, can you take a, a thing that you have on the line, like me providing for my family? And I, I don't just make that for one event or one tournament. I make that for a long-term thing of just every day. I turn that into, I have something on the line. I need to be the best person that I can be. How, how can I be the best person? And so what long-term goals can you think of or what long-term investments can you think of that, that makes it for you to be, to have something on the line? If that makes sense, hopefully. So create goals. Like some of the things that I say are creating a goal with strong emotional ties, um, like the ones that I just told you. Um, and I have more, and make them as defined as possible. I'm just being very generic just for the sake of speed and not breaking down all my goals as definitively as I can. But definitely take a goal and, and break it down further and further and further. Take a 10-year goal and break it down to five years, one year, six months, month, week, uh, and, and kind of reverse engineer that. But start with a goal that's long-term, that's really grand, and break it down into steps that are more actionable um, or uh, turn them into milestones is what I call them. You know, an easy one for me was a thousand subscribers on YouTube, uh, or no, actually a million subscribers on YouTube is my long-term. But one of the milestones was 75 subscribers. Then another goal was 100, then 500, then 750, then 1,000. Uh, so on. I, I create the little goals that create me, keep me motivated, but I, I, I also create a sense of like that, that thing on the line is that, that incentive to, to make more money, to be able to work from home. I want to work from home really badly and that'll be able to let me travel more and be more sane and be healthier. You know, my, my sanity was what's on the line here. And then also the sanity of my family. Um, another one is visualization practices. Visualize those things that you have in the line. Visualize those goals uh, and, and think about that and create that emotional tie towards whatever that you want and also create that visualization of you actually doing it uh, so that you're familiar with it. And this isn't something that I'm making up. Athletes and other high performers already do this. They visualize themselves playing tennis games or sports games uh, in their mind. And so when they're actually doing it, they, they feel familiar to that event, even though they've never actually done it in real life uh, or never played against that point. That, that specific situation on that specific day in that time, they've never done it before, but they feel familiar with it because they visualized it. So definitely do some research on visualization. It's becoming more and more mainstream and widely accepted by high performers. So uh, be one of the people in, in your niche to actually get into that early. Uh, because I, I, I noticed, you know, in America, uh, especially in the world of esports, is not as popular just yet. It's still kind of like hippy dippy, touchy feely kind of stuff, um, or or east eastern culture, uh, and, and a lot of which weird because a lot of people that are into gaming are also into anime and meditation and visualization is something that's very common in anime, but yet I don't think we take it seriously or know how to actually do it. So I, I find that kind of weird because that that definitely is what got me into uh, meditation. Like I really like wanted to get into that and finally started doing research in my like early twenties. Um, I, I just noticed that a lot of other people either don't talk about the, the fact that they do it or they just don't do it. And I, it's just strange to me, kind of a tangent, but just something I wanted to bring up anyways, kind of in the same way, meditation and calming practices, you know, meditation is going to help you with your focus and help you with your awareness because you're, you're blocking out. One of the practices is, is basically you're, you're blocking out external thoughts. You're not stopping the thoughts. Uh, I want to make sure I word this right. You're not necessarily stopping the thoughts from blocking them out. You are 
in a state where you are aware that you may be thinking thoughts but not participating in them. Um, and if you have ADD, you can kind of understand it a lot easier because a lot of like I, I describe ADD as someone changed a channel in your head and you didn't know it even was changed. Um, so you you can go like 10, 15 minutes of thinking about something else without even knowing that it happened. And and that's kind of how I, I think I describe those kind of situations. And so when you meditate, you you're aware earlier that your mind has drifted and you get to a point to where you're actually aware of it. And you don't participate in it and then it actually just kind of goes away on its own. And so you just build this muscle um, known as like concentration or focus. Uh, and so that's that's another thing that I think is super useful uh, for really locking down what you are putting on the line and how to really connect with that uh, emotionally, visually, um, and even physically. Yeah, that's what I really wanted to talk about. I think that with those things, you know, understanding why, like what the benefits even are, you know, being able to increase your focus, being able to increase your concentration, your performance uh, definitely increases as a result. You know, not just your performance, but like what information you take in, what you learn, what like the level of focus that you have, the level of intensity towards that, that topic that you're working on increases because you have some sort of like emotional connection to it. And then being able to replicate that even when you're in practice mode or even when you're playing on rank mode or, or in a more casual environment, you can kind of simulate that mindset of having something on the line even when it's not actually a high stakes environment. You can kind of tap into that. Um, I, I've done it, I've seen other people do it and I, I think that not everyone knows that they're always doing it. But you know, Understanding why this matters is really important. Understanding like what consciousness and focus even is. How do we become better at it? And like what what can we how can we utilize this and how can we utilize it for other people? So for me, I want to know now what you guys thought about this. So you know if you're in the live chat, I haven't, you know, I haven't checked in, but uh, if you're live, let me know what your thoughts are on some of these topics. But also if you're listening to this either on YouTube or on the podcast definitely share your thoughts on how you think this can help you if this is something that you're already utilizing and if so how because i really want to understand how you guys do it and then also share that information not just to me but for other people because then we can all level up inside and outside the virtual arena together get the conversation going and be more productive together so that's it Make sure you guys are subscribing wherever you're listening to this, whether it be on YouTube. Uh, make sure you're following on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash philosopher. And then if you're in the podcast, definitely subscribe, follow me. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Podbean, and possibly other ones as well. There's a lot of stuff going on there. But yeah, that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. And as always, I will see you all in the next one.